Hello guys and welcome to the podcast. Now on this here podcast I talk about W I talk about a lot of stuff to do with the WWE. I talk about Battleground, uh not not in depth, just here and there. I talk about war and I talk about uh SummerSlam matches that we could see at SummerSlam again, not in depth, just in passing. I hope you enjoy this podcast. This is the first. Oh, this is my first podcast, and it is going to be called the Total Wrestling Podcast. Name still up in the air a little bit, although that should be the one that I'm going to go with. And if there's any changes, then I will let you know. But thanks for listening again, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Total Wrestle podcast where we talk about wrestling and yeah well that's simple we talk about wrestling we talk about professional wrestling and we're going to kick off the show by talking about the largest professional wrestling organization in the world the WWE so a week ago Stephanie McMahon comes out more and says that there needs to be a revolution in the women's division in the WWE. And pretty much promotes uh, the three of the top women in NXT. Sasha Banks, Charlotte and of course Becky Lynch. I believe that Bailey was also meant to be promoted at some point. Uh, she was supposed to be the first one to come up, but I'm not sure why they're keeping her back. And I'm happy that they did because I don't think her gimmick will get over in, in the uh, main roster. But uh, yeah, so these are three women come up, and now a week later. They have their first match on Monday Night War. Charlotte faces Brie Bella. And wins. And it was a fantastic match by the way. Honestly if you haven't seen War yet. Check it out. It is fantastic. The women's division in the WWE. Has just skyrocketed. Within the first week. But not only did... Not only uh, did Charlotte have a match with the Bella, but there was also a tag team match. We had two women's matches, two good women's matches, the tag team match being better. In the tag team match, we had uh, the other two members of Team Page, Page and uh, Becky Lynch. Face off against Sasha Banks and Naomi. Now, uh, Sasha Banks made Paige tap out, which I thought was awesome. Like, that's just awesome that they there, Sasha Banks, go over on Paige. I actually thought that uh, Team Page was going to win because Page is the one who's trying to lead this revolution and you know all that and 
I didn't think that they'd want someone like Sasha to go over on her. Uh, and if they did that, Sasha go. Uh, if they did that, Naomi's team win and Sasha Banks team win. I thought that uh, they would have had Naomi uh, win it by pinfall. I did not think that Sasha Banks would make Paige tap out, which was freaking awesome, by the way. Also, the night before, so this is Tuesday, uh, Sunday, uh, the night before Monday Night Raw at Battleground, we also had a triple fit match. Well, that was that was awesome, that triple fit match. We had each of the three teams, so we had uh, Team Bad, Team Page, and Team Bella. And each of the teams picked one person to wrestle. Um, we had... In Team Page, Charlotte, uh, Rick Flair's daughter. Team Bad had Sasha Banks. And Team Bella had Blee Bella. Now, I didn't like this because originally it was going to be Nikki who was going to go in and wrestle that match. But then she went out and looked at a card and got a sister to go in. And I don't think that's a good way to portray your champion of the division. You know, it's like Seth Rollins esque almost, you know. Looks like a card and I just don't like that. I if you have a champion who calls himself the quote unquote fearless fearless champion, fearless Steve, I can't even remember what she calls herself. That's how I little I care about them. That I don't even remember what Nikki Bella calls herself the champion of the division. She should have been in that match. She should have wrestled. She should have been the one to tap out of Charlotte's figure four, figure eight. And in the battleground match, Charlotte goes over on Blee Bella. Uh, Sasha Banks nearly wins the match, but only nearly. And uh, she's thrown out the ring. And actually, I thought that whoever was going to win that match. If it wasn't Blade, I thought that what they would have done is have the other NXT diva, uh, other NXT women to go down and take the pin. But they are letting the NXT women over. They're letting them go over the main roster talent. And that is awesome. And I'm so happy that they're doing this. I'm so happy that we see this. How long has it been since we've seen proper wrestling in the women's division instead of all this hair pulling and stupid slapping? We see team wrestling and it's been something that we haven't seen in a while. And you you have to give it to Triple H. He has done so well to manage NXT. He has done so well to run NXT and to help build these all these superstars and all these women to become fantastic wrestlers and that is evident in what we're seeing here in the women's division now and WWE can't go wrong with the women's division unless Vince McMahon says no we had two matches in the women's division this week when has that ever happened and the match to kick off Raw was a woman match was a woman single match that doesn't happen a lot usually it's tucked in in the middle of the card so nobody notices it but not now, it's in the middle and 
Oh, sorry, not in the middle. It's front and center. It's there to be seen. They want you to see the women wrestle, and I think that is awesome. Women's wrestling can be very good. It's just WWE has not portrayed it to be good in the last since Trish Stratus in the latest days. Really, we have not seen pure women's wrestling, and the division has been so steel. And thanks to the people like AJ Lee and Paige who started to try and bring WWE to the senses, who tried to get WWE to portray women wrestling just as important as the men. It's awesome and whenever AJ retired it was unfortunate for the division at one you know nobody cared about it. Nobody in the division uh, nobody in the company cared about it apart from the women themselves and then it just started to go back down the card and now Triple H and Stephanie McMahon has put their foot down with Vince and said look this has to happen and I know it's them too because they're the two who cares about this the most particularly Triple H and you know they said this has to happen and it has to happen now and it's happening. It the revolution is here. The revolution is happening. And we, we as the viewers, in the next few months, are gonna see the women's division just climb up the card. And I can't wait. You know, these women are good. They main offend at a show in Philadelphia. And they got a really, really good feedback from the crowd. They got really, really good crowd reaction, sorry is what I meant to say. And that's awesome. Like not a lot of not a lot of people can say that they had women main offend an offend in Philadelphia. And it went over so well. And I don't mean that to sound sexist. But Philadelphia is just such a tough crowd to please. And these women, these women, they did it so well. And I'm so, I'm so proud to call myself a fan right now. I'm so, you know, I'm happy. I'm here. I'm, and I'm so proud of them too. Because they're taking on a lot of responsibility now. Yes, I know that Paige is sort of the... Paige and Nikki are really the two faces of the division, but that's not going to be there for long. That you know, these new NXT uh, women and Paige and possibly Naomi are going to be big in the f- division in the next few months. I think the Nikki, uh, the better twins is going to start start sinking away because they don't have the same level of ability. And now with NXT. Bringing in more women as NXT trains more. Hopefully, going forward in the years to come, in two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen years to come, we will see the women's division really highlight it. And I remember hearing rumors that they were going to do the brand split again. And although I can't see this happening, but I always thought that if they did the brand split, I'd love. I'd love if SmackDown or got the women's division and made it just as prominent as the men's division. Um, 
But yeah, the women's division right now is, you know, I'm not going to say red or white hot. I think it's red hot at the minute. It just hasn't quite got to white hot, but it's going to be there soon. Let's move on now and talk about uh, the biggest talking point of Battleground. Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. So pretty much last week there was rumours uh, rumors came out that The Undertaker would be on Raw and The Undertaker would be on Battleground. And those rumours were sh- true, they they were there and I'm so happy that they were. Uh, Undertaker appears on on uh, Battleground in the main event after about 6 minutes after the match starts and he attacked Brock Lesnar. Um, Tombstones him twice. By the way, Brock Lesnar was just about to win the title. He was milliseconds away from winning. And, Brock, uh, and the Undertaker interferes. So, this on Raw last night. Uh, yeah, last night on Raw, we had uh, Undertaker come out and address why he did it. We all know why he did it. Let's face it. But but uh, I actually think that WWE tried to turn Undertaker heel with that. You know, obviously, you know, Brock Lesnar is the biggest face in the company, and they've spent they spent the last eighteen months making him that top face in the company. But. So, you know, you either bring Undertaker back and make him the face in this rivalry and destroy 18 months hard work. And I think that they tried to turn him heel. Like, you know, the low blow kick, like, that's just, that's a heel thing to do. And it didn't work out very well for them. Uh, Undertaker still as loved as what he used to be, still as loved as what he always has been. So, you know, I don't think that's worked out well for them. But, uh, yeah, so Undertaker addresses what he did, why he did it. Triple H tells Paul Heyman not to let Brock Lesnar come to the show. Because they don't need him there anymore. They've they've made the match for SummerSlam at this point. So, Paul Heyman's running his mouth, talking about, you know, how... Brock Lesnar broke the streak and all this, and then Undertaker comes back again. He's about to attack Paul Heyman when Brock Lesnar comes in, and they have a pure blow. It wasn't as good as what I thought it would have been, though. It's not as good as what I thought it would have been. But they had a pure blow, and like half the locker room was out trying to split it up and keep them apart, and they kept attacking each other until they got arrested. <laughs> so it's, you know. Uh, Vince, uh, Triple H says that he's not going to press charges or anything just as a precautionary measure but that, that just was awesome you know, arresting them because they were so you know, that's the only way to keep them apart so yeah that happened and now going forward we will see The Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam, which raises the question, who's going to be number one contender for the WWE Championship now? John Cena is 
the US champion. Uh, Randy Orton, they could use him, but like that just doesn't seem right. It, Randy Orton has been out of that picture for so long. Sheamus has missed the money in the bank, so I can't see him getting it. Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. It looks as if they're going to be in a tag team match with the Bart family at some of So that's them out of the picture. Who else? Like, really, who else? Um, you know, it's we're in a difficult position now. I guess you could say that Kevin Owens feed up, although we don't know yet what's going to happen with Kevin Owens. He never addressed John Cena really about last night, which I thought was quite strange. I thought that Kevin Owens would come out and was like, if, if you've seen the YouTube interview, like, uh, you know, I did it from a kid, so I deserve a rematch. Uh, how I, I'm going to go off on a different strand here and come back to the WWE Championship. But how I think that it's going to go is a triple threat match, possibly. A triple threat match between Cesaro, Kevin Owens and John Cena. And then if John, uh, if Kevin Owens wins it, he'll get the pin on Cesaro. Because WWE have this really weird thing where... Because John Cena's like Superman, they don't ever want him to beat and they don't want him to look weak. And, you know, so someone like Kevin Owens can't beat John Cena in the conclusion match. So, uh, where, where do we go now? You know, what if Kevin Owens is fed up? Well, I don't think he will be. What if he doesn't win the US title? Also, uh, you know, it looks as if they might be wanting to sell to take the US title, which I understand. Uh, fantastic against John Cena. He's a fantastic superstar all round, and I'd like to see a rivalry between Kevin Owens and, and Cesaro in a singles rivalry, because I do think that uh, that Kevin Owens and Cesaro will have a great rivalry together. They have great chemistry. They're both fantastic at what they do. But uh, it's just. Battleground is one of the only pay-per-views that I've seen in a long time. Well, I didn't know where they were going to go with it. Where, you know, we've got Kevin Owens, John Cena beats him by pinfall Battleground. Where do we go from that? Well, we can go to a triple threat or we can go to a rematch. But I don't think that we will go to a rematch. So, there was also rumours that at SummerSlam... Sting was going to be wrestling at SummerSlam. So what if Kevin Owens was to wrestle Sting at SummerSlam and he went over Sting at SummerSlam? It doesn't make sense now, but they could build that up and they could make it, you know, make it, make... They could build it up and then they could make sense into it, is what I'm trying to say. And... I think that could work. Um, I'm not 100% sure though. Like, they're both fantastic competitors. There's 
you know, one's a lot older and one is a fat one but he's just not as old. And I'd like to see a match between them because let's face it, WWE want everyone to go with Sting who Sting faces they want Sting to lose. Like, really, that's going to be the mentality going into this. So what if they had Kevin Owens, a young guy, well, not really young really, he's like 37, but someone who's just came out of NXT in the last few months, who they obviously want to build up, why don't they have him go over Sting? Something else that they might want to do is, you know, so Sting gets his quote-unquote revenge on Triple H, maybe he, unless he's come back to the WWE Championship, maybe he'll challenge Seth Rollins at SummerSlam. That's a possibility. And a possibility that, uh, that, that that might just happen. But as for Seth Rollins' opponent right now, I'm not sure. Although, of course, they could make the Brock Lesnar Undertaker match into a triple threat for the championship. Although, I don't see that happening. But anyway, that's where we're at there. But what if Sting was at SummerSlam? Who would his opponent be? That's the big question. So let's move on to the IC Championship. Ryback is still injured, so that match did not take place. And we did not have to see Ryback's or Big Show's awful wrestling. And that's all I have to say about the IC Championship right now. Well, actually, no, it's not. Give it to someone else. You want to bring Prestige back to your WWE? Give it to Randy Orton. He's not doing anything at the minute, really. He's not doing anything important at the minute. But he has a very powerful name. He has a very powerful position. Well, not really a powerful position, but his name means something. What does Ryback's name mean? Nothing. Randy Orton is a very prestigious wrestler. He is the youngest ever world champion in the WWE history. Why not give it to him? I'd like to see him as IC champion. The tag team division now is the tag team division. Let's talk about the tag team division. Yeah, tight. <laughs> Coming off Mania, the tag team division was very really hot in the WWE. looked fantastic it was no sorry it wasn't red hot it was white hot it was at the top that it's been in a long long time the new day lucha dragons primetime players came back shortly after we had the usos we had these great you know all these great competitors and we had the Ascension and others what do we have now? we have the New Day we have Lucha Dragons and we have Primetime the Ascension's on the shelf doing whatever and one half of the Osos is out 
Where do you go from here now? I like, really, where do we go from here? The tag team division. I don't want to see too much more New Day versus Primetime players right now. I don't want to see them at SummerSlam. I want to see Lucha Dragons versus Primetime at SummerSlam. Or about the Lost Mandalores, what are they doing? Like, who cares about the Lost Mandalores? Look, you want Primo to be on your roster? Have him as Primo, don't have him as this Diego nonsense. And you want his little brother to be there? Bring him on as his little brother, like they did with Kaleo and Primo. Of course his little brother won't get as much heat from Primo, because he's not, because Kaleo's not there. And Kaleo brought on the heat to Primo. Just have them be them. I don't want to see Lost Mandalores every week. I don't even want to see them on a monthly basis. I don't want to see them at all, really. I want to see Lucha Dragons. I want to see New Day. I want to see Primetime. I even want to see the Ascension. Now with the Riot family back together, I hope that they push them to the tag team division a little bit. I'd like to see in the, you know, whenever this year, stuff with Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose is over and done with. I want to see them compete in the tag team division for a bit. If you don't know what you want to do with Bray Wyatt, put him into the tag team division. Have him compete there with the copper. There's not too much more to say about the Titan division right now. Who will be Primetime Players partners at SummerSlam? I think this is a no-brainer. No-brainer, sorry. It's going to be New Day. They first lost Mandalores. Lost Mandalores go over on them. And then, but New Day come out and that's why they did. So what I see now happening is New Day challenging them to a match at uh, SummerSlam. Although also what could happen is Los Mandalos say we beat the Titan Chumps, we def- we deserve to be number one contenders, and then maybe we'll see a number one contenders match between them and New Day. But I want to see Lucha Dragons more. I want to see them come in. They're exciting. They're fresh. They're new. They are fantastic overall. I want to see the tag team division propel like the women's division is. I want to see that happen again. There's a lot of things in WWE that I want to see that I know that's not going to happen. Like I want a cruiserweight division to come back, but that's never going to happen again. Not in a long time. So, compromise with us here. Compromise with me, WWE. Push the tag team division more. Even if you want to have focus on the tag team division more on SmackDown, it's better than nothing. US title, who's going to be, oh, I've talked about that, haven't I, here. Okay, so, that's going to be it for now. Um, Actually, I want to talk briefly about Daniel Bryan. There was reports came out that he, in a uh, really went a few, said that his career was over. So, if any of you heard about these reports, he came out and said that that report was fake. He was not on a radio show. He did not say that. So, 
it's important to keep that in mind and we'll hear from him himself what's going to happen with his career. Sami Sain also, I want to talk about Sami Sain here quickly. He was brought up to the main roster and then he, when he came out in his entrance against John Cena, threw up his arm and his, I think it was his, something happened with his rotator cuff. So he was like, he was brought up to the main roster, but now it seems like he's going to be put back down to, into NXT, which I totally get, I totally understand. You know, he had all this heat around him coming up, and now he has none of that heat. So they're going to try and build up the heat again. And yeah, I, I completely understand why they would want to do that. I completely understand uh, their mindset when doing that. So, uh, yeah, you know, why not do that? I completely understand, you know. Um, but it's just I've heard a lot of people complain about that. And there's nothing to complain about, really. You want heat coming up into the main master. You don't want to bury someone. Especially when there's someone like Sammy Sam. So, now I'm going to end this part of the podcast here and I'll be back in a few minutes to talk about other promotions so guys it's been reported that uh, oh sorry welcome back again and uh, I haven't got too much news to talk about on a number of different uh, on on different uh, wrestling promotions right now but I will have more in the future but right now I have a report that states that Ring of Honor sends a cease and desist letter to Global Force Wrestling. Now if you don't know what Global Force Wrestling is, it's Jeff Jarrett's newest, uh, newest promotion that he has started up and uh, he is promoting it. It's his promotion He's and uh, they are doing stuff along with TNA. But... Uh, yeah, so Ring of Honor has sent a cease and desist to Global Force Wrestling. And it's been sent to them because of infringement of Ring of Honor's brand. So pretty much this was for an advertisement and in this advertisement they stated that Ring of Honor wrestlers will be appearing at uh, at at the Global Force Wrestling show, and it and I believe it's also on the same night as uh, their pay per view Death Before Dishonor. So obviously Ring of Honor is not happy about this. They are not happy that they used their brand, and uh, they have taken action to send a cease and desist letter. So they could have went further, they could have sued, but they didn't, they warned them and hopefully that is enough for them to understand that. And uh, also the ICW, uh, if you haven't heard of ICW, check them out, they are an awesome, awesome promotion within the UK based in Glasgow, Scotland. Although they do tour around uh, around England, 
uh, stands for Insane Championship Wrestling. It's kind of like the ECW movement, Borne in Britain. And for their uh, event at the August 30th show, uh, Spaceballs Episode 2, Come As You Are, which will be in their, fi- in their main venue, The Garage, in Glasgow. They have confirmed that they have former WWE Women's, former WWE Diva, and former TNA Knockout Champion Mickey James will be there. And the former TNA World Heavyweight Champion Magnus will also be there. They have signed them both up. These are huge names within within World Wrestling and they have signed them to the ICW. If you haven't heard of ICW, they have some big names. They have some of the biggest names in the wrestling scene all around the world. They have Drew Galloway, they've had Brian Kendrick just before he went back to WWE. They have Paul London. They have Colt Cabana, the biggest, one of the biggest names in world wrestling right now. They've had Sabu. And they have a kind of a homegrown guy who's become huge within British wrestling, Jack Jester. And of course the commissioner for the Fear and Loathing Tour is Mick Foley. So they have huge names there. They also have uh, a guy called Gredo. If you haven't heard of Gredo, check him out. He's very funny. He's an awesome guy. And he really has become a huge phenomenon worldwide. So ICW confirms Mickey James and Magnus will be there. This is huge news for ICW. This is huge news for British Wrestling. And it's huge news for the fans. Also, Magnus has also taken a shot at TNA saying that they... uh, that TNA stripped him of the title too soon. Um, yeah, so he he feels angry at TNA that he was stripped of the title. Talking about TNA, of course, MVP has left. And this is to do with something with Hernandez. Hernandez went to TNA, uh, was co- got a contract with TNA, saying that he could be contracted with TNA while he was at Global uh, Jeff Jarrett's Global Force Wrestling, but he is not allowed to be at TNA. So therefore, because of it, because of the contract that he's in, he is not allowed to appear on TNA shows. And of course, GFW isn't happy about that, so he cannot be shown on TV. And M- from what I hear about this, MVP was angry at that, and. It was a mutual decision in the end for them to go their separate ways. But now where MVP will go is in the air. It's, we don't know where he's going to go. Maybe he'll go back to Japan. Maybe he'll return to the WWE and go to NXT. Maybe he'll go to uh, Global Force Wrestling. Maybe make a Ring of Honor debut. I believe he hasn't been there yet. Uh, maybe he'll go to... Insane Championship Wrestling, I'd like to see him there. Um, we we don't know where we'll go. Uh, 
he's a huge name I'll say and he, he he can go anywhere in the world and make money. So that is going to be the show for now. Uh, I know that that last bit was a wee bit short, but I will have more stuff for the, more news and stuff for the next show. Right now I'm in the middle. I I think I'm about to make a website. I'm not sure though. I'm just kind of on the fence about it. Uh, my Twitter will be in the description or whatever. Uh, but I think this is going to YouTube, I'm not really sure about where I'm going to post this yet, to be completely honest. Um, although it should appear on Stitcher within the next few days. My email address is totalpodcastingentertainment at gmail.com. My Twitter is totalpodcastingent, uh, E-N-T, at Total Podcasting Int. So check that out if there's a description down below. If this is on YouTube, then there definitely will be. So thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.